Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, MJ. Hi, Marie. And hi, listeners. Welcome to Dispatches from the Kardashian Simulacrum where we process our media theory takeaways and other hot takes from last night's episode of the Kardashians. And I feel we, like you're always amused by the way I do my version, my like part of it. Yeah. Cause like sometimes you like make a choice. Sometimes you just sound like a robot. Like, and I'll, I never know which one I'm going to get. That's how I move through the world. Sometimes <laughs> I'm robotic and other times I'm like, I'll add a little flair. Yeah, for sure. Yes. But it's like jarringly, there's a stark contrast in those two modes. So I know it's jarring. No, totally. For sure. Also, like I just got geeked out that we're like doing a podcast right now. Like this is like a convo that's going on the podcast. Well, because we just snapped out of me crying to you about my book process. And now we're like. (laughs) But like even us talking like this right now is still like for the podcast. And that like freaks me out. Think about like how the Kardashians feel in sister mode but then like oh we're recording a tv show that the entire world watches i wonder if they're even like oh that got too comfortable i i have wondered before like are there ever stoned-esque spirals of like really realizing what they're doing and how fucking weird it is i know i mean i would imagine i don't know because they feel so far removed from it but like i would imagine that there are and maybe that's why i've always wondered if they smoke weed And I don't know if I could, if I were that famous. They do their little campy references like, you know that we smoke or like when Kris Jenner got stoned in that, that one, that was last season, Kris Jenner getting stoned at a Mexican restaurant in Palm Springs with Chloe giggling about Chloe's curls. My analysis of that scene was like, wow, you have to be really committed to putting to being vulnerable for the sake of content to even be comfortable having cameras surrounding you and being high for the sake of content. You know what I mean? Cause that's, totally. a, that's like a stone spiral waiting to happen. Right. Like you have to be ready for what might happen mentally. Making the decision to broadcast it, watching it back. I mean, it's just, it's a whole different way of relating to yourself, I think. And like, and like your consciousness. Well, let's stop gabbing away and talk about the season finale. <laughs> episode 10 we're here we're finally here and you know what's funny it ends with chloe saying this season was exhausting and i chuckled a little bit because that's what we've been saying all season and as always the kardashians end up naming what you were already thinking or theorizing like you thought you had an original thought nope they then they claim it yeah and they're like yeah your experience we curated that right like that was intentional. 
Like that was meant to happen. Okay, so this is what happened in the episode. A lot of things. Lots of Christmas stuff. Chris has a big scheme to make little mini Christmas houses for her kids. We'll explain what that even means later. Courtney is confronted by the perils of fast fashion in her Boohoo collaboration. Um, they do some altruistic stuff. They go to the Alexandria house in Los Angeles and meet with unhoused women. They... Uh, I feel like there was another thing that I felt like we were supposed to, it was their like altruistic takeaway. Oh, or no, no, actually there's a few, there's too many moments. There's like big moments, but then there's too many moments where Kylie talks about, uh, her kid getting plastic surgery. And then also, uh, Kylie and Kendall talking about like a paparazzi thing. Ah, uh, yes. Both okay. things are, yeah, a little like politicized moments. So we'll get to that in number two. And then we see, we probably won't get into this, so we just have to give you guys the visual that, like, Kylie, Kendall, and Scott take Kylie's, like, seven Italian greyhounds for a walk. It really is, like, seven or, like, nine, right? It's, like, a comical amount. It's a yeah. fleet. In it's our notes, fleet. you said, what is this fleet of dogs? Yeah. They knew. They knew we would be, like, oh, we didn't I'm ever kind of these dogs. surprised that they didn't show us sooner honestly pocketed things because i think that the big kendall coming out's coming soon finally and that's an example of the kardashians pocketing a story they'll, they'll pocket their storylines they'll pocket imagery they'll pocket it till the right time um that's so true they're like don't you show the public that you have those dogs <laughs> it's like it was in the same conversation where they're like kendall you can come out but not for another five years <laughs> But, like, they, of course, Kylie's version of that is, like, her Italian greyhounds. Right. Anything else? I mean, there was a lot. So I guess we'll just judge up whatever new image, scene, or storyline as we go in through our list. Because it was one of those episodes where, again, it's a hodgepodge. Hodgepodge. Um, yeah. So our first main takeaway we've entitled Chris's Christmas Simulation. No simulacrum. Ugh. Because it was a simulacrum. Uh, yeah, simulacrum for sure. Because... First of all, as we all know, the Kardashians have been claiming Christmas to be their thing for years, like from the gate. They're like, we love Christmas. It's almost the original strategy of the Kardashians aligning themselves with the iconic. As mm. their fame has grown and expanded, they've been doing that with obviously historic figures, with other celebrities. But I think it kind of began with Christmas. And... Chris. It will it like begins and ends with Christmas because at the mm -hmm. end in the end they're always like Christmas is the family holiday right. the most too. I guess I guess Thanksgiving could be too, but that's like a less sexy holiday. <laughs> right, right, right. It's less visual. It's right. Got, it's less colorful. It's less universal. I mean, it's like the one that everyone knows too. Right. Totally. It's the more iconic one. There's, right, there's so many movies. They even talk about the Santa Claus. I love when the Kardashians talk about the Santa Claus being their favorite movie because we won't even go down this digression right now but there it is so thematically aligned with the kardashians the santa claus it's literally mm -hmm. about someone like self-actualizing into an iconic figure like, <laughs> so true their embodiment and no one wants to believe that it's happening but it is that's what the santa claus is about and so they talk about that with north that's so funny well chris also mentions that she likes the holiday 
Yeah, I liked that too. Because last this past Christmas, I actually did watch The Holiday, and I was like, "Oh, this is a good one." <laughs> I was literally with you. We watched it together. Wait, we did. <laughs> yes. Um. Okay. So, Chris's mission is to construct a bunch of mini dollhouses for each of her kids. Very Kardashian, because it's another like this object reflects and represents your entire brand and personality, mm-hmm. and it's also just the well dollhouses barbie vibes and finally the construction of little mini houses like the idea of what makes like miniatures so evocative i think is because it's a exploration of scale which makes the humans looking down at the mini houses feel like gods yeah exactly yeah just like what cinema does in the theater it's the reverse of that Yes. And We're like, like that's me being a baby. <laughs> and what she's referring to you guys is that there's like a Lacanian analysis of film, like the idea that like the big screen showing these like big glamorous figures make us feel like little babies. Exactly. Thanks sister for explicating that one. And what I wrote in my notes actually about this like dollhouse thing is this is amazing because of the scale dot dot dot. It is girly, but it renders them gods. We are the dolls in the dollhouse space. But so are they? Question mark, question mark. Because like <laughs> the Kardashians are dolls, but then also like like we're the little dolls and, and then they're the big scaled people, but then like they are dolls. So then like what are we? Just interesting yeah. subjectivity like transference, I guess. Oh my God. And very Barbie. If you've already seen the movie, then you'll know that. Right. And I have so many thoughts on like, why Barbie appealed to people because it is kind of this thing of like we want to be in the Barbie world but also we oh want to critique the Barbie world but we kind of want to be in it because we like the colors yeah that's exactly my take on it <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be in that fucking world <laughs> totally that's see that's I can agree with Gen Z on that oh! oh are we allowed to have another Gen Z joke you can you handle it Michelle I think that's the real question like I think we all can I coped with my anxiety by just performing it as Publicly. a defense. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I decided that's going to be the way to go, which is a Kardashian strategy. So I guess we are picking up some things here and there. Right. And um, yeah, I guess to punctuate this Christmas simulacrum conversation, we'll just say making little worlds is Kardashian's bread and butter. Well said. I also have to add to that. I enjoyed the scene. It was a flashback scene of Chris and it didn't actually play into the function of the dollhouse storyline besides that just like they gave us a little aside that Chris Jenner bought a bunch of Betty White's <laughs> dollhouse pieces and then they right. showed in a flashback like Chris bidding on dollhouse like Betty White's dollhouse stuff and like out like aggressively outbidding whoever this anonymous other bidder was <laughs> I just liked that scene and and I, they had no need to include it ultimately in this larger dollhouse story besides to say oh yeah like Chris loves many things and so she like did this this one time but like I was like yeah you've got to bring in Betty White if you actually bought Betty White's dollhouse pieces like of course you're not gonna miss a Betty White reference or just like a reference to like owning some iconic person's shit either right exactly they're really letting us know like that's what's going on in their purchasing lives their consumer lives their entire project has been centered around aligning themselves with betty white i think we can all agree kind of i mean pop culture too 
pop no, culture. No, I was like, kidding. No, I know, but but no, no. Well, Kim and Betty White do have like some content together through the years. First of all, and second of all, it's funny that like pop culture like collectively agreed, or like pop culture fans like we're gonna like center Betty White and like make her a meme. We're gonna love her. She's America's yeah. grandma, and For like sure. the Kardashians would embrace that. So. Number two, there's a lot to talk about in number two, because I think that it can cover pretty much everything else that almost that happens in this episode, really. So true. Um, yeah. Our number two takeaway is called closing the loop on Kardashian activism. I couldn't even I couldn't figure out what to say. <laughs> that is actually so literal. It's like not cute at all. No, it's not. It's okay. No, this is we're just getting we're every episode we get more tired. Totally. <laughs> Um, okay. So how do we want to start this one? There's a lot of little moments. Let's, let's identify them and then we'll kind of like go into them. Okay. We'll start with like the most passive, like passing or sort of like, we'll start with like the like brief moments. The Um, little littles and then we'll go to the big bigs. Yes. The little littles include the fact that like they're totally queer baiting with like Kylie and Stassi. Oh my god, so annoying. They're like, I bet you guys want to picture us like having a little pillow fight. Yeah, no, literally, because it's just like we make out. That's not weird. We love to make out, but we don't have sex. I wish I was sexually attracted to you. So there's a whole scene of them of Kylie and Stassi processing that. And I it hit me. So mark my words, you guys. Although don't totally mark them because I could I actually could see myself being wrong about this. But if I've learned anything from Kardashian strategies through the years, it's that when they direct your attention a lot on one member of the family or one theme, suddenly they'll hit you out of left field from with something from someone else. So they, there's a lot of like Kylie's like positioning, like queer positioning and this with the Stassi thing. Also when Kendall gets her dollhouse from Chris, I guess like she's like, my mom put an engagement ring in my dollhouse. So that gives you a sense of where she wants me to be in life. Mm-hmm. Between like, imposing more heteronormativity onto Kendall and all this like queering of Kylie like needlessly I'm like oh my god I think the Kendall coming out could be happening in the next handful of years I think it could be coming do you think Kendall's gonna come out while we're still alive (laughs) that would be amazing to be alive (laughs) during the time that Kendall came out there'd be something equally iconic about like future historians uncovering the truth of kendall's life oh my god like old hollywood starlets like showing retroactively that they were gay as fuck yes like i you know as a lesbian i can honestly accept that it's fine i don't need kendall representation but i just feel like it could be coming just based on the misdirection happening right now and like, yeah, that's good. Mark mark your words. And the Kardashians so would own it to the point of like, yeah, and all those relationships, LOL, we were doing what we had to do for these reasons. So, you know, she just wasn't ready yet. Or I could see them even like hitting the nose, like it on the nose of what the strategies were for holding off until the, that point. You know what I mean? Totally. Well, you heard it here first. Yeah. In the same conversation, they have Kylie say something about getting her boobs done at 19 or 20 and like hoping that her kid doesn't do that or at least like doesn't do that until she's ready. So there's like a little plastic surgery body expectations moment too, again Mm -hmm. with Kylie. 
a continuation from last week. And then they also talk about feeling exploited by paparazzi. Oh, th- this was kind of like this when they're walking like the, the fleet of Italian greyhounds with Scott and Kendall says something like it's really special because Kylie and I have the same core memories being sisters in a similar age range, which is so true for sissies to like share core memories. You can see them drop into that bubble of really remembering something together when they're talking about what it was like to face paparazzi at their ages and feeling the stigma of their older sister's hypersexualized images at 16. Mm-hmm. And so they're talking about paparazzi yelling at them and saying sexual things because of Kim's sex tape and, and just feeling that. And I will say, I mean, obviously that was a planned conversation. You can kind of tell that was like scheduled, but mm-hmm. the way they drop into it together and they're like, yeah, and then this happened. And then mm-hmm. this guy said this, it was, it, it did feel quite real. And I mean, what, well, what, it kind of went to an uncomfortable place because then Kendall like tasks, I guess, the producers with finding a paparazzi that said a specific thing to her, took a certain picture of her. And that can get into interesting territory mm-hmm. that would raise questions for us. But I bet they will find that person next season. Mm-hmm. Or I could imagine they would. Oh, you think? Or is it just a device? Because she, she was like, yeah, go get him, audience. So, or mm-hmm. is it just like a way to have engagement for that episode it could be anything it could be like sending the tiktok sleuths out on it it could be a loop they're going to close next season or it could be just nothing inflammatory for nothing but it plays with the fact that we live like in an information economy you know Mm -hmm. and that this is like kind of like bait people like to take now and if people really did track down that paparazzi it raises a big question around girl boss feminism in a way that i think it's hard for people to talk about because I don't have any sympathy for any man that is rapey towards women. Mm -hmm. But the economy of paparazzi shots and like how it worked during that era was like those people were trying to get the shot because there was money in getting the shot. Like the economy of like, that's like often like working class people, they're Mm -hmm. laborers for the tabloids. Mm-hmm. And so for a rich billionaire girl who felt sexually violated or offended by a man who very well could have been a man of color, maybe not, but it's just not an easy exchange in the identity politics and class politics of it. So if they right. go after that guy, he could very well be the perfect villain and the right villain to be like, fuck you. But there are going to be some pretty complex power questions depending on how that fucking investigation shores up. I think that's why they just made it a thing for the audience to chew on because then like then they can get data on what people think of it before they decide what to do with it and it can also just be like maybe they recognize that it's touchy so they're like let them all figure it out down there they start the cut down there all of us like in the little dollhouse yes Um, no for sure like like that's a thing that the family does where they will with their baiting raise like like difficult discourses for people ddfp mm-hmm, totally um okay so that was something <laughs> <laughs> and then should we get it to the biggie biggies or whatever you were saying uh yeah those were the little littles and i think there's like two big bigs yeah mm-hmm. so what's the first big big sister first big big would be alexandria house and kim chloe and north and do they take true? I think some of Chloe's kids are scattered about, right? Or no, there's only true's the only like walking yeah. kid of Chloe, right? Yeah, I think 
Yeah, I don't know. I There's so many kids running around. I have no idea, but yeah. I think so. North gets the most screen time. And they take, because North's in the car talking about whether Santa's real. That's when the Santa Claus conversation happens. And it's so succession, like Logan Roy, I put in our notes, because it's like North gets the most screen time when she's being carted around in different <laughs> activities where they need like child representation. For sure. And it's because she's like, in this matriarchy, she's the eldest son, even though Mason's <laughs> actually the eldest and the eldest literal son. Like North is the one. She's the eldest girl in this yes. family who gets to go to all the things because she's like coming of age when they're still front and center in pop culture. You know what oh I mean? Oh my God, it's so true. North yeah. is Kendall. Yeah, yeah. And so they take they take her to Alexandria house and there's a lot of unhoused women there and it's kind of like just rich people visiting poor people and giving them boxes of gifts on a and what's in the boxes I know we didn't see I was like I need to know what the boxes are (laughs) and they knew that it made me emotional to watch, actually, not in the sense of like the Kardashians are heroes, but really the the stark contrast and experiences and the really like difficult, like the weirdness of how media representation can shed light on these things and remind you of these things, but also like how exploitative it is. And yes, it's just it's it's a funky scene. No, it's funky. Sense. And I mean, their little voyages to like charitable things have always been a medium and like a representation mm-hmm. of the time we're in and the direction they're choosing to go. So back in like keeping up with the Kardashians, didn't they like visit um, New Orleans after yes. the devastation of Katrina or something? So that, yeah. that was for that space and time. And now they're visiting um, this shelter for women. So like, that's interesting. Um, if we zoom out of it, that, they're like they're going they're get they're naming like the woman thing more they're yeah, leaning yeah. into that more chloe didn't chloe say like and it's great for our daughters to see how like amazing women are or something mm-hmm. yeah and i guess also what made me emotional is actually again being a therapist and like looking at this through a media theory theory lens and and thinking about okay like is it I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. 
For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Good or bad? Why do we think in those binaries? What is the What are the nuances of this being represented on the show? But then also seeing the people running that shelter who are very happy to have them there and telling the, the Kardashians, this is so good that you're here because we want the next generation of women to know about this struggle. And mm. that's when I kind of got choked up by the the woman in charge saying that because those people are glad to get any help that they can get. Mm-hmm. Like trying to keep this operation afloat and help others, you know, and they're doing the hard work and the real work, but like they're going to welcome the cameras and the resources if they can get them because it's so underserved. And so, well, no, that's where it's like, gets so hairy too, because ultimately like the effect it has, if you're watching the Kardashians and if you're watching it kind of like uncritically is like, wow, they are such good people. That's amazing. But, like, that's not why the women heading the shelter care. It's, like, they care that it's on TV. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I mean, I guess they're both benefiting. So is that – does that cancel each other out? Like, big things to think about with Kardashian, like, philanthropy is this, like, thing that we always hear now in online discourse of impact versus intent. And everyone's, like, Kim doesn't really care. She's getting something out of it. But it's, like, but there's still impact. So do we right. care about intent all of a sudden when usually we care more about impact, you know? Right. And, and so it's, it's really hard, but like, I certainly felt uncomfortable seeing it all go down, but I also like could almost identify with the people at the shelter who are just like, I, I was just thinking about my years working in a clinic mm. and being like, you'll take the help you can get too. So anyway, that was the first thing. And then the next thing was Courtney being confronted with the perils and dubious ethics of fast fashion and like leaning into it, but basically saying like, right. It's her, she's a sustainability rep now at Boohoo. And she's like, basically it's a meeting. She's at this meeting with Boohoo and they're debating what kind of like the season two of this partnership will be. And they're wondering like, how do we make, it not seem like Courtney's fault that there fast was, fashion happens and that she's like embracing this fast fashion thing. Yes. They have Courtney asking the tough questions. Like there's like a moment where she's like, you said this wouldn't happen, but then it did. Um, so they have her like grilling boohoo. And then um, her assistant said something that I found interesting. Courtney's assistant uh, pipes up and says, where is it? She says, when Courtney's the head of the collection, people know exactly who to find to say things to. So that speaks to that, like, Stalin quote that I brought in a few episodes ago of, like, <laughs> when, like, millions of people die, it's a t- statistic. When one person dies, it's a tragedy. Like, the idea of, like, how we conceptualize any kind of phenomenon, whether it's, like, positive or negative or however the public conceptualizes it when there's one person representing it they're easy to latch onto. that's why the kardashians are exemplars of late stage new media capitalism you know the meeting is ultimately like a philosophical conversation on the influencer economy yes yeah this is what happens when you get like one person to represent a brand and like what is that um that was really well said yeah and the kardashians role in any 
brand deal. Any of it. Yes. Mm -hmm. I also think it's interesting, like Courtney's positionality, as far as this being a brand move that she does, it's very like right in between Chloe and Kim. Mm -hmm. There's something like high fashion about it. She's coming in and kind of being a doctor for a fast fashion brand, but it's in this like kind of elevated way. And then Chloe's over here just like being the fast fashion and then Kim's being the high fashion. Totally. That's super true. Also, let it be just acknowledged that the black executive from Boohoo didn't get one word in. Oh God, that was awful to watch. And I'm kind of like, with those choices, it's like this whole season has been about, it's been, an this whole season has been the obvious product of this whole season has been like a demonstration that you're listening to social media discourses. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that that was not, there was no intentionality and in bringing her into the conversation. For sure. You know, like, like that could have been done. They have such a fraught relationship with black women. They have no, I don't think they know what to do. Some people feel like they are trolling. Some people think they feign ignorance. I mean, there's just, there's, we'll just put that out there for the conversation. That's another biggie biggie. Those mm -hmm. are, we had two littles, two bigs for the activism loop closing. Mm -hmm. um, they opened a lot of the, they opened a lot of tabs this season with the activism. They're, they're really like, we're going to try it. We're going to try doing it this season. So they're trickling it in and that's how they're doing it. Yep. And with that, we must, we simply must transition on to our third point, which is Tristan is back, but not yep. actually in that inflection because it's a sad reason. However, yes. it is a choice to yes. have him be back on the show. So yes. it's not like he planned his mom passing away, but it is very intentional that he's on the show. So no, totally. Basically after a very like, jolly Christmas scene of kids opening presents and going down their sleds on man-made <laughs> snow hills in the backyard of the Kardashian <laughs> mansion, whichever mansion they were at. The manor. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, then it takes a dark, sudden, abrupt turn to the news that Tr Tristan's mom suddenly passed away. And so he was now the new and sole caretaker of his brother who has disabilities and he, we find out that the Kardashians obviously like rush to his aid and they get on air Kim and they go to the funeral and then they're back all processing Tristan, Chris, Kim and Chloe and then the baby, um, this new reality. And we find out that he has, he and his brother have moved in with Chloe. Yeah. So it's, it, it's there's a there's an irony to it. I'm curious what you're all going to think of this because I forgot which season it was. Was it season one of the Kardashians on Hulu or two? I think it was either season one of the Kardashians on Hulu or finale season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians where they were doing the most. I think it was Keeping Up with the Kardashians to work Tristan back into the storyline as an ensemble cast member, as Chloe's boyfriend. It was like, he's working so hard to earn her trust. She's not sure, but he really loves her. It's really sad. It's really cute. He keeps trying. And they really put intentionality in the authorship of that narrative mm -hmm. um, to justify Tristan's return to Chloe. And then he fucked up again. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was a little shocked to that they 
were kind of like, and he's back, but they're not together. They just, you know, obviously Chloe's going right. to let him back because this is the, these are the circumstances, but it's like, oh damn. Yeah. Tristan's back. Okay. They gave us an, ex- they gave us a reason no one can argue with this time. Right. I mean, it might be just that. I mean, the thing is like, of course there's, they're spending time with Rob and like they managed to not have Rob on the show. So I was about to say like, mm-hmm. maybe since it's in such close contact, they kind of can't help it, but have him be back. But I do think it's like, no, they, they have successfully omitted people before who are very close. So like I read it on like actually a more surface level of like, potentially they're back together. Chloe can't help herself. And this is a way of justifying his return. It sounds like you're kind of saying the choice to have him be back is also to be provocative. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Here's the um, thing. Like it did occur. The, I'm getting tagged literally today. Like uh, a news story came out or whatever, some tabloid shit of like Kim and Tristan partying together at some event. Chloe wasn't even there. I mean, there is weirdness of like Kim hanging out with Tristan a lot and people are like, Oh, like what betrayal? Why are these sisters like this? Like why is Tristan even in the fold? And it is, there's something weird about the way Tristan is used in these storylines, the way he's always welcomed back after the shit that he pulled. But then it did kind of strike me like, well, Scott's part of the fold. Mm -hmm. Scott's been around from the fucking start. I mean, Scott was season one. So Scott made sense in that way. Like Scott like has the formula down and he's kind of like MVP and how he like MCs Mm -hmm. everything and like moves things forward i guess tristan moves things forward in his like wacky like 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 can't stop cheating way but the point is they don't throw people like to say they throw their men away they don't really the men swing around all of them they just figure out how to use them yeah no i I don't mean like use them and throw them away they they figure out how to utilize them yeah like the, the functions that they can serve to the family system and to the narratives like the Italian greyhounds, they always keep them in the pocket. <laughs> right. Um, and I was just going to say, I think another reason it's like Tristan is back is, unfortunately for Chloe, I don't think they're going to like... The Tristan stuff is Chloe's storyline. Like, that is the main storyline. And I don't think they're going to throw away an opportunity to, like, fold that back in. No, it's valuable. It's valuable. I, I really, mental note... Kardashian data coalition I keep meaning to propose to my Kardashian data coalition like let's just find out what the numbers are on the Chloe Tristan drama like how much has it served them how much does it engage people from what I can Mm. tell anecdotally on TikTok and Instagram people are like it's a spectacle that people do engage with so yeah it's valuable he's back I mean I will say like I there's a whole chunk of seasons I still haven't seen because I was watching chronologically and then when Kardashian colloquium took off, I, I felt like I had to like jump ahead and just start keeping up with current seasons. Mm-hmm. So I didn't actually see the season where the cheating, ha- like where Tristan comes in as a member of the cast and when he cheats, like, I haven't actually seen those episodes still. Um, so when I came in to start watching the show with everyone else, like later, 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 keeping up with the Kardashians, I remember thinking like, I don't want to see these storylines like with this guy that's like this big cheater, like, and he, I was surprised to find, like, I find Tristan hilarious to watch. I've never, see, that's a thing. That's where um, I am not, like, a true watcher of the show unless I have a reason to for you. So I never, I've never seen him as a character on the show. He, like, I don't know. He's funny to me. And he's not, 
trying to be funny the way like Scott is a performer. Right. He's just kind of like, guys, help me out. Like, listeners, like, surely you know what I mean. Like, because he's kind of like good natured, but then like you, he's also kind of overwhelmed by the whole thing. <laughs> and you can tell that he like knows that he's going to fuck Chloe over. <laughs> Right. It's like a mess. I don't know. It's 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 its own like like strangely endearing spectacle, even though it's so 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 awful. That's a great way of describing it, and I'll make sure to look at that if I ever look at past episodes. And that's why he's back, I'm guessing. So anyway. I mean, that's it. That's the app. And then they have like a whole like this season was this way, or like this year. They yeah. use season and year interchangeably, which is interesting because it's like you are churning out these motherfucking shits. Like there mm. was two seasons this year, but they're they're conceptualizing their own lives in these seasons, so it makes sense. Think of imagine thinking about your life in terms of seasons. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, that's why like there's jokes like I'm the main character. Like it might be helpful. I don't remember anything ever. I was scrolling through my I was stalking myself on Instagram and I was like, that was three years ago. I thought that was like last year no yeah i have no i have no understanding of time the pandemic really i mean i never did but the pandemic like collapsed all space and time for me well you know there's also a reason why like i think everyone feels that way and it's because our lives are digital now so it's like you can't you don't have physical memories to really ground you or as many at least no our worlds are are it's like that thing that like hit us when we were uh are we allowed to talk about being stoned uh, I don't see why not. Well, when we were, when we were like tired and like, kind of like, <laughs> I don't know why I'm trying to like. Yeah, wait, dude, I think we can just mention we were stoned. We're not like selling anything. But we were tired too. We were like just delirious basically. And it really <laughs> struck both of us like in a psychic sister way. Like, like our experiences are digital, like. Like we enter a world when we look at the screens, when we go into the feeds and like mm-hmm. so much of our activities are really just that. And like what's we're in our houses, we're on our couches, like it's a big deal to like go out and be with friends. Like everyone knows that that's like a labor. That's like why there's memes about like, I don't want to go out. And like, mm-hmm. then when you go, it feels so good when it's actually good. But if it's bad, then you go home really sad. And then you go back on the fucking feeds. It's just, <laughs> it's so it just sucks your time and existence away. But um, I when you were saying that, I was thinking about Mark Zuckerberg's like video about Meta. Yeah, and it's like, oh yeah, you like want more of that. You literally want us to enter those worlds, like physically. What? And I think they were trying to make such a thing about avatars and how like the future is like our existence is being expressed through like weird little cartoon avatars. And I think the the true thing that's actually happening in the phenomenon is like not that yet it's ai images are actually the like false worlds that we're living in you know i think that's actually taking precedent over expressing ourselves using like little cartoon bitmoji type things you know what i mean like that's the new fascination that's what's like kind of pulling us more into the metaverse is actually like yes living you know what i mean no it's much more abstract we think of it in this kind of like very clear cut metaphysical way of like i'm here and then my little avatar is there and it's like connected and we're we're living in that world now. But yeah. it's like much more abstract and complex than that. It's actually in a way it's happening very fast and happening to us quickly. But at the same time, like 
we're going to get there, I think, but I think this is transitional. So the fascination with what's real and fake in terms of like a staged, like a, a, a doctored image is like the first step more. And, and I guess to tie all this to the Kardashians is that it's getting bad. It's getting bad. <laughs> and they are more prepared a, because they're rich and they're always going to be insulated from the fallout of this in our, an actual material existence. Like, the way this is going to hurt people, the conflicts it's going to cause on the street um, between people in a fucking Starbucks. You know what I mean? The things that are mm-hmm. going to happen, they're more insulated from. But also they have a unique fluency with all of it. Mm-hmm. None of it's going to shock them because they are they probably are privy to things before we are. And also they are less afraid of it and overwhelmed by it because they are the leaders and using it as tools. Right. Right. And they're like part of the machinery. Right. They're the models for a lot of it. Yeah. Just just a little pontificating on the future of AI. But do we have any thoughts on like what next season holds? Oh my god. I have no fucking idea. <sighs> no, I have I can't even I can't even do it. I literally don't know. <laughs> yeah, no true. I mean it could be anything it could be the predictable things of like, okay, so then like Tristan baiting and maybe Kendall coming out, or who the fuck knows, like to the point of what we just rambled about the next few months could see such bizarre expedited changes in culture that they're going to be responding to things that we can't imagine yet. So true. That's a great cop out. Um, (laughs) But also accurate. Uh, Without further ado, though, we have to announce our very last NPC. Yeah, I forgot. And I'll let you announce it because you had the idea for it. Oh, to me, it very, very clearly is the matronly Christmas store lady. Well, first of all, let me just say when Chris is going to this Christmas store to build out her miniatures for her daughters, it's so right out. It's like a time warp. It's like out of the 80s. Like it's got like (laughs) carpeting. It's got like fluorescent lights. And it's like out of the era where Chris was like really becoming who she was like like a housewife who loved all the trappings of the domestic, but with so much potential to still rule the world because of it, not just in spite of it. Yes. Those were precisely the activities that like made her realize she had something there. Yes. Well said. And so there's, so at this store, this woman comes out, it's the manager or owner of the store. And she looks like Chris in a parallel universe. She looks like Chris if none of this had happened, possibly how Chris would look today. Chris goes on and I'm sure there's, I don't know. I'm like in my like fanfic of this. I'm like, there's identification there. Chris sees her and knows that like they're one and the same, just in different worlds. And she proceeds to give this woman some of the harshest criticism of the Christmas (laughs) home that she's made. That's so true. She's like, this is like a six to nine month project. Yeah. And then she literally says, if you want something done right, and I think she's about to say, you have to do it yourself. But instead she says, you have to give really clear feedback or whatever (laughs) she said. And it's like, oh, right. Because at this point, there will always be a laborer to do it for you guys. That's your version of do it yourself. Just like micromanage. Exactly. And this woman was up for the challenge. She was like, I'll get to work. And that's how the, the scene cut. Chris was like, I need this done in like, 19 or 20 days or something and the woman said i'll get it done in 19 oh my god she literally expedited a six to nine month project to 19 days i could have that wrong it could have been i don't know what it was but whatever it was chris gave her a number and then she was like very clever yeah oh i also liked that like 
the Christmas houses were no, I'm gonna confuse myself. Never mind. But well, I'm interested though. Well, no, just that the Christmas houses were like little Christmas renditions of like their houses and identities. No, totally. That's fun. No, Very but I mean like down to like, oh, Kim likes like a simple streamlined design. And so she's gonna get like the white. Yes. The sleek, chic, white wood no, of the cozy Christmas house rather than like the, the whatever other wood. Right. Yeah. No, that was the idea. And that is like a tip we can take from Kardashian content in our own lives. And do we even want to play into this? Because they want us to. But it's like down to the details. It's effective. Yeah. It's effective to be precise in that way. And to basically figure out what your own personal brand is and then like align everything you do in your life and every output you make with it. And make a Christmas house out of it. Yep. Um, okay. I don't think I'm going to include that. Oh, I thought I liked it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, sure. We'll keep it then. It's a, it's a last episode. Let's give them dessert, you know? <laughs> right. Um, all right. Well, wow. It's been lovely. I'll see you next season. Yeah. Who, me? Yeah, you. Oh, yeah. I'll see you next season, too. And probably before that. No, it's been great. It's been a pleasure. Um, We love you. And we'll stay in touch, folks. This is the moment for the the Truman Show. Quote? Okay. Okay. No, wait. If I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. That's right. Bye, guys. Bye. (laughs) 